0: Hello, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Chronicles Podcast, where I interview a virtual CISO about their work and life. I'm your host, Caroline McCaffrey, one of the co-founders of ClearOps, which provides software to virtual CISOs that helps them grow and scale their businesses. As experts in this field, we have met hundreds of security consultants, and we keep our fingers on the pulse of the industry. My background is in law, with a focus on data privacy and cybersecurity, but I also have a long career working with startups. In fact, my parents had their own business which is why I love learning about how people build businesses. So I started this podcast to feature interesting people in cybersecurity to talk about their passions, entrepreneurship, and business. If you don't know what a virtual CISO is, then these professionals are security experts who offer consulting services to companies. Sometimes they're referred to as fractional chief information security officers. Our guest today is Taylor Hersom. Thank you so much for joining me today, Taylor, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Caroline, thank you so much for having me. This is a sincere opportunity and I, I uh, obviously have a, 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 lot of, uh, a lot of admiration for what you're building.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, so to please tell our listeners about yourself and include something that isn't security related.
1: Ooh, putting me on the spot already, of course. So <laughs> um, I am the founder of a company called Eden Data. We offer virtual CISO services to startups and scale-ups all over the world. Um, and I sold my soul to Deloitte. That's how I got my, my uh, career started. And then I was a, a chief security officer before starting the company. Um, and while I am a, a security nerd, I'm also a big foodie, Love to love to cook. There's a non-security tidbit there. Um, Outside of that, I don't lead that exciting of a life. Being a founder uh, certainly takes a lot of time, but uh, I'm also a big security and compliance nerd, so I enjoy every second of what I do. Maybe every second is a strong word uh, or a strong phrase, but uh, I do enjoy it overall.
0: And how did you get to cybersecurity? You you mentioned Deloitte, but how did you get? What was before that?
1: Absolutely. So I um, I started my career at Deloitte and I was actually in the IT audit space. So first I had to learn how do we evaluate a financial system as it relates to GCS and um, things like access management and, and uh, general logical security and change management. And so that was a good fundamental first step. Not sure how many listeners uh, have gone down that path. It wasn't the most exciting from the standpoint of you, you're an auditor. Nobody likes you. You have no idea what you're doing because you're fresh out of college. And I, I was there for uh, five years and and um, had been able to transition right when Deloitte started to invest heavily in cybersecurity. It was an easy transition for me for me to go from uh, that that world of of external audit to cybersecurity within Deloitte. And so that was. Deloitte is one of the best companies in the world to be able to to have that kind of investment in your career and, and be able to um, have a substantial amount of training behind it. So I was I was very lucky at a, a time when cybersecurity was just starting to become popular for uh, Deloitte in particular.
0: Yeah. Well, so the, it's and it's interesting, right, because Deloitte is a consulting um, business model, but then it seems like you went you went in-house. Is that right after that?
1: Uh, Yes, that is exactly correct. So I, uh, after, uh, after leaving Deloitte, I took a a chief security officer position for another firm that um, I was both the chief security officer internally. And then we were also building out a model for some of the products that we offered and how we could offer uh, essentially kind of a, a virtual CISO offering for uh, that as an add-on. And hmm. so it, it was great exposure to where I got the internal perspective as well as still being able to use some of those consulting chops. Um, but the honestly, with the the Deloitte model, the way it is, you would work on five to 10 clients at any given time. And so it was a very early uh, exposure to almost what virtual CISOs do these days, where it's very fractional and, and you have to learn many IT environments and many systems very quickly.
0: So what What attracted you from going from a consulting position at Deloitte to an in-house position? And it's interesting that it was kind of like a hybrid, Um, but what, what, what was the motivation behind that?
1: So I think that the biggest motivation, uh, a lot of the, the virtual CISOs that you probably interview, there's this, there's almost the stigma around virtual CISO. What does that entail? What, what kind of credibility do you have to have to become a virtual CISO? And there's a lot of speculation around that. And I felt internally in order for me to be an effective, any kind of cybersecurity professional, I needed to make sure that I continued down the path of being um, a, a true dedicated security professional versus a consultant that just was perpetually consulting. Um, so that was my main motivation being a CISO. That was one of the, the biggest opportunities for me to to start getting that, that uh, both the, the, the technical wherewithal, but also the the, the clout, the, the pedigree.
0: Okay, so that implies to me that you already had, an, and this is sort of a question, but also a statement, um, that you already had in the back of your head that you were gonna go out and start your own virtual CISO firm.
1: You know, I think maybe in hindsight, it seems like that. I certainly didn't have it all figured out at the time, but I knew that I I had always been a what I always called myself a wantrepreneur, and that I, since college, I've been starting up little businesses. So I always had that kind of, desire and and uh, nothing ever took off in any real way, but I, I did at least have some of the experience and and the desire to go out and start my own company eventually. Didn't think it would be a virtual CISO, to be honest. I, I felt like I would be a, a singular virtual CISO consulting a few companies, but uh, didn't expect where, where Eden Data is today.
0: Well, where is Eden Data today? And um, what do you mean by you where it is that was unexpected?
1: I think that I never had it in my mind that I was going to um, start a, a company that was going to be a virtual CISO firm that was going to, to grow into many employees and, and many is subjective. We're, we're close to 30 on the team total uh, employees and contractors. The security team has uh, 17 or 18 folks on it. But um, even then, I, I didn't have that planned out. I, I even, when I left my CISO position, I was expecting to take another job. And then the world went upside down with COVID. And Mm -hmm. it was out of necessity that I started doing the virtual CISO path and and figuring that out. And that's when I really dialed in my desire to build this into an actual company. Um, But it wasn't like I had this planned out many, many months or years ahead of time.
0: Which is so useful for our listeners who are thinking about starting their own virtual CISO practice. Because you have a very, what I would call at this point, having done a bunch of these podcasts, a unique story. So you started during COVID, which says to me, the business is about two and a half years old.
1: That's correct. Yeah. Uh, Just over. So I started doing freelancing in 2020, and then I turned Eden Data into a business and hired my first employee uh, January 1st of
0: 2021. Wow. So Okay, I asked this question of everybody, but there's so much to unpack here that I think people would find super interesting. So I'll first ask you the normal question I ask, which is, what was the hardest part about starting your own cybersecurity consulting business, about eating data?
1: Oh, that's a good one. I would give a two-pronged answer here. One is that I had no idea how to start a business, and so the inherent Googling of how to get things situated and make sure that Uncle Sam doesn't come after me right out of the gates that kind of stuff, figuring out how to hire an employee, um, but then of course landing clients. Landing clients is definitely difficult. They make it sound like oh, everybody needs a virtual CISO, but the or or cybersecurity expertise rather. But the issue is that uh, not a, a lot of the world has not accepted that uh, cybersecurity is a necessity yet, and so you're you're out there still having to sell sell and convince your uh, convince. Other companies, hey, they need at least fractional help with cybersecurity, coupled with the fact that there are um, other virtual CISOs out there that are operating as freelancers, and so you're competing with that market.
0: Sure. What's your your specialty? What kind of business do you mostly work with?
1: So far and above, it's startups. I got involved very early on with startups and um, was able to invest in a couple and be a board advisor for a couple. And that all, I think that was one of the coolest moments of my career is that, That happened accidentally. It happened because I met a few startups and it it just took off very quickly of like, I went from being the chief security officer of SMBs and and, and even focus on enterprise from my Deloitte days to being involved with startups, being able to invest in startups, not having any background in that, not knowing that industry at all. Um, it all happened within a few months. So um, startups and scale-ups is what we focus on. And scale-ups is just a successful startup that's gotten big enough uh, with multiple rounds of funding. Um, so mm-hmm. far and above, that's that's my sweet spot. Um, and uh, and I love that market. I love it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, so do I. I definitely have had a long career working with startups, and I, I do love the uh, the innovation that comes with them. Um never thought I'd start my own but <laughs> here we are. So when you're <laughs> when you um when you just started getting going how how did you go about finding customers anything there any advice there that you would give someone who's maybe thinking about starting their own cybersecurity business?
1: Oh, absolutely. So uh, I, I used a few different mechanisms. One was just LinkedIn and seeing who was posting for uh, for CISOs. You'll notice LinkedIn doesn't really have um, a mechanism to find a lot of openings for vCISO and and not many people even use that term these days. So um, at least on, on that platform. So it was more of a, I would reach out to companies that were hiring for a CISO and convince them they didn't need a CISO. That was one mechanism. And then um, also some of these freelancer platforms, the, the Upworks and the Fivers, not Fiverr, um, TopTal, and, and uh, there's, there's a, another one that I'm drawing a blank on. But freelancer platforms is also a great way to, to go out and uh, one, build a profile, but two, find opportunities.
0: And, you know, we talked a little bit before about um, the virtual CISO sort of uh, discussions about what qualifies someone to be a virtual CISO or not. What do you think about security certifications as a way of, you know, sort of proving that someone is qualified to provide cybersecurity advisory services?
1: I put this as nicely as possible, but I think certifications are a necessary evil, meaning that they bring the clout and the the comfort to uh, someone that's shopping for a a cybersecurity professional. They want to have comfort that this person has a great background and certification seems to allude to that. In reality, Mm -hmm. I think certifications are pretty outdated comparatively to how fast the industry is moving. And so it's kind of ignorant for us as an, as an industry to say a certification that took years to write and is only, it only changes every, it's only updated every couple of years. How is that supposed to be at all accurate to what is going on in the industry right now? I, I don't think it's the the best mechanism to truly learn, but I do think it brings the clout and the credibility, which is extremely important uh, for a virtual CISO. Yeah. I
0: mean, I agree with you, and it's funny because, as a lawyer, you know i've I've had to take the bar exam and 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 become a bar yeah. um certified attorney. But then there's also continuing legal education requirements that I have to meet every single year to make sure that I'm keeping up with things. Is there something right. like that with security certifications where there's a continuous learning part to it?
1: Actually, there is, there is. Okay. So with all major certifications these days, you do have CPE credits that you're, you still need to maintain and, and you still need to participate in trainings and, and uh, live conferences and whatnot. The problem is, is that it, the, the, the true learning aspect of that really boils down to what you're going in and in, in teaching yourself, because anybody can go get CPEs from a variety of places. And some of those trainings and conferences and whatnot add zero value. And some of them are, oh. are very meaningful. So.
0: Okay. So moving on from the certifications part, I just want to ask you, what was keeping you the most busy in 2022, which was an, now looking back on it was a pretty interesting year, especially in the startup space.
1: Ooh, yeah, this could, this question could could, the, this answer could go on forever, but I'll keep it succinct. I think that there were there were many components. I think one from an Eden data perspective, it was uh, it was how do we scale this this company? I, I didn't know how, and I didn't know what we were going to become. We were needing to define our mission statement, our vision statement. I didn't figure out a lot of those easy things in the beginning. Uh, and, and then we, we hit this, uh, this meaningful growth phase where it was like, you now have to figure this out. And so that was one mechanism. And then in the startup community as a whole, we all know that 2022 started to get tumultuous. It it went from everybody and their mother could get, uh, an investment to, it was very hard to, to get investment. Uh, VCs were scrutinizing. There was a lot more, not regulatory changes, but rather, uh, customers demanding more of their vendors there was a lot of the customers that we serve getting asked uh, by their customers and prospects for security requirements and so there were there was a lot of um, almost panic in the in the startup community at least uh, because that all happened over such a short period of time. When you start messing with people's money, it, it of course impacts how they scrutinize um, the, the the services that they're paying for. So it it, yeah. it, it makes sense, and I, I'm sure you have also been predicting that that would happen. But it was uh it, it happened very quickly in 2022, and so that was a that was a scramble for us and and how to how to keep up with that, and also how to change our perspective on on how we pitch our services.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny to look back on it now from where we are in 2023 and, in, in how, um, how different it was from 2021, you know, all the fishing and all those types of things that we saw. So what are you, what do you think you're, we're going to see for 2023, even though we're, you know, now into 2023, you could almost say that this is starting to be a look back question, not just a look forward, <laughs> uh, but what, what do you think?
1: So I, I definitely think that we're already seeing. The even if you claim that we're in a mild recession in the startup community, specifically, there are less, there's less money floating around in general. And so people are starting to scrutinize their spending. And when you have that coupled with an entire industry that still doesn't value cybersecurity in the way that it should, I think that it's all over the place in terms of what customers or I'm sorry, what businesses think in general about security, then you're going to have instances where people are just not going to pay for security. And that's, that's a sad reality, uh, but that's currently happening. However, it is being combated with we are seeing an uptick in VCs demanding actual security requirements for uh, the companies they invest in. You have that. And then you also have the fiasco of SVB where in the startup community, that was where a lot of them were getting their funding, their bridge rounds, their uh, the, in, in loans and, and whatnot. And so, that's unfortunately going to shrink the amount of total startups out there. Um, mm-hmm. And then finally, from a security perspective, uh, for the for the remainder of the year, I see two big things. I think regulation is going to hit in 2023. Finally, there's going to be some kind of federal data privacy law that won't be it'll be proposed and and. Um, Uh, technically implemented, but not enforced uh, for 2023. I do see that coming. And then I also think that we're going to continue to see an uptick in the nation state uh, attacks and general threats that are coming from that as the war in Ukraine is um, expanded, and we have other countries that are becoming more desperate, like we're seeing a huge uptick in just the amount of Attempts out there in the world—it's—it's uh, it's just spray and pray at this point for things like phishing and malware and and uh, all the classic check the box words that uh, buzzwords that we use in the, the industry. That's all exacerbating.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I mean, speaking of the SVB bank failure and and uh, what the fallout from that, I unfortunately I do see more. I predict more uh, layoffs, and unfortunately, when there's layoffs security team happens to be one of those teams that is still considered a cost center, and so they get laid off. so i'm I'm actually predicting the virtual cSO community is going to benefit <laughs> um from some of this just because companies will turn to, you know, a, a fractional um person rather than a full- time in-house hire. but we'll see <laughs> i
1: I am very hopeful that that is the case. It makes. The most sense in the world that that would be an area that expands. Um, it's just yeah. a matter of education at this point. I don't even think, even today, I'm shocked when we talk to uh, startups that they don't always know what the term virtual CISO or CISO means. Um, so I think it depends on the industry, of course, but certainly startups and the SMB market, I think that there's a huge opportunity for virtual CISOs in general.
0: Yeah, I do too. So do you have any mentors that you rely on? And if so, how did you find them?
1: Ooh, this is good. Um, so definitely <laughs> have multiple people in my corner that are great mentors to me. I have people on my team that are great mentors to me. Um, and they, so that one's an easy one. I've hired them uh, and they've become <laughs> amazing colleagues. Um, so shout out to Dominic Singer and AJ Dean. Um, but I also have been able to join a few founder communities and security communities and have built some amazing relationships there and surrounded myself with a fair amount of mentors. So I encourage people to get more involved in the online communities, Those, uh, especially if they have a local uh, facet to the, the community that is in your area and you can go and see people in person that's been life-changing for me. So I have, uh, I've made it a point to be in a couple founder groups specifically. Um, and I, I would encourage any virtual CISO that's starting their own company to surround themselves with, with other entrepreneurs that have been through the struggle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, all right. Well, I, I know we're running close, you know, to our 20 minutes and I appreciate how much time you've spent. Can you, maybe recommend a virtual, this is sort of my pay it forward question. Um, is there any virtual CISO that you would recommend I should interview for the podcast?
1: Ooh, yes. I, I have the great pleasure of knowing multiple. I would actually recommend, so there is someone on my team that is a way better virtual CISO than me. And, uh, I look up to him, uh, Dominic Singer. So he is just a rock star, uh, has a uh, deep experience in the security industry, serving the military, was a pen tester, all of these cool things, far more technical than me. Um, I I would say Dominic Singer for sure.
0: Okay, awesome. I will reach out to him. Um, So again, Taylor, thank you for your time. Can you please let our listeners know how they can find you?
1: Absolutely. So I am most active on LinkedIn and Twitter uh, just under my name for both of those. So Taylor or um, and then you can follow Eden data on either of those platforms. Um, and then our website is edendata.com. but um, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to connect with more virtual CISOs. I think people, it's a cool industry that we're in and that we don't, we don't look at each other as competitors. There's just so much opportunity out there, and it's better to surround yourself with great, like-minded cybersecurity professionals. Um, so I I would love to connect with as many people in the community as I can.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Taylor, again for joining us and ex- talking to us about starting Eden Data and your your entrepreneurship tendencies as well as your business and. Uh, If you're a listener, you can find all of our blogs and this podcast on Substack at the Security Expert Marketplace. And we are also now live on Apple Podcasts. So thanks again, Taylor.
1: Thank you, Caroline. Thank you so much for the opportunity and the platform.